tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Let's uh, bow our heads in prayer just for a few moments, shall we? just heard God's word read to us. Let's pray that it will, its truths will sink into our hearts and uh, affect our lives for good. Lord, we thank you for the precious gift of your holy word to us. And we pray, Lord God, that as we reflect together now, we might hear your voice and respond to your call. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've got um, something of a reality TV show theme this morning, along with our superheroes theme. So I don't know, has anyone uh, watched I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? 
No, no, it's not on just at the moment. Pauline is one of the biggest fans, I can see. And who won it this last year? You're not that big a fan, are you? Tof Toffolo won this time. Um, but actually, this morning our theme is slightly different because it's I'm a celebrity, I'm not a celebrity. Get me out of here. Because for me, that was how Moses felt. Our location is not the jungle, but it's the far side of the desert. And Moses was given a task which was um, rather more challenging than anything that I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, can offer. No bush tucker trials for him. And he tried every which way he could to get out of it. Remember the plight of the Israelites at this time. They are enslaved in a foreign land. They're oppressed. They're dejected. They are suffering. None of the Israelites had known anything different. But God had not forgotten them. And in his wisdom, he calls Moses to lead the people out of slavery towards the promised land. No mean feat. And our man Moses is not impressed. Why me? He asks. I'm not a celebrity. Get me out of here. And we see him come up with a whole host of excuses in the first few chapters of Exodus between chapter 3 and chapter 6. Chapter 3, verse 11. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He felt woefully inadequate for the task. Chapter 4, verse 1. What if they don't believe me? He was fearful about their response to him, what they might do to him. Chapter 4, verse 10. I have never been eloquent, neither now or in the past. I am slow of speech and tongue. He lacked self-confidence. Maybe he had a bit of a stutter, whatever it was. He, he just didn't feel confident to go and take on this great role that God had called him to. Chapter 4, verse 13. Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. He's getting desperate now. He really doesn't want to respond to God's call. And chapter 6, verse 12. If the Israelites will not listen to me, why should Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? Pretty pathetic now, isn't it? You get the impression he's not keen. Get me out of here. He's being taken right out of his comfort zone. And maybe he's mindful of his past. Back in chapter 2, we've heard about the fact that he'd um, murdered someone who was persecuting one of his fellow Israelites. Give me anything for an easy life. So the big question is, why should he trust God? And then by inference, why should we trust God when God comes calling? And there are several clues in this chapter we're going to look at. First of all, he and we can trust God because of a real encounter with the living God. God appeared to Moses from a burning bush, no less. He cannot deny that experience. It was an awesome, life-changing encounter. He was greatly privileged. God has got his attention and made himself real to Moses. So Moses, uh, God is no longer a distant figure to Moses, but one close at hand. And for many of us here, in different ways, different shapes and forms, we've encountered God. We can point to uh, a time or a season, perhaps, when God has become more real to us. It may not have been quite as dramatic as Moses' encounter, but in different ways, we've come face to face with the living God. Something has caused us to acknowledge that he is real, 
that Jesus is real, that Jesus died and rose for us. It's caused us to accept God's love, his welcome to us. And that divine encounter provides the backdrop for God's future for us. It's something that can't be denied. And Moses couldn't ignore his encounter with God. Secondly, why trust God? Because actually, it's God's work, it's not ours. As Moses stood there, pondering God's call, the task seemed impossible. Little old Moses was getting on a bit. And here he is being called to change history. And God reassures him with a vital truth. If we look at the passage, the the part from Exodus 3, verses 6 to 12, on the screen behind us, notice how it's about what God will do. I am the God of your father. I have indeed seen the misery of your people. I have heard them crying out. So I have come down to rescue them. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you. I will be with you. Get the idea? Moses, it's not down to you. It's about me. It's about God. And if God puts a cause on our hearts, let's remember it's his cause. It might be a passion for the persecuted church. It's God's cause, not ours. It's about him, not about us. God may call us and give us a passion for seeing our friends come to know him. It's not about us, it's about God. I'm off to Hazelmere this afternoon for a whole run of the summer youth camps and in the busyness of all that I've had to prepare, I've had to keep reminding myself, it's not about me, it's about God, it's about his work. God takes the initiative and we see that ultimately of course in the way in which he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Sometimes we might feel horribly out of our depth. Sometimes we might feel um, fearful or inadequate. Maybe it was a situation at the moment in our lives. Maybe someone we love passionately is is suffering in some way. Or maybe there is a challenge in the workplace or uh, a challenge that we're just aware of that we feel inadequate for. But God is with us. I've um, got a memory for various bits of uh, my teenage life and uh, one uh, thing which comes to mind is um, I helped out at a kids' holiday club in Chorley Wood. Now, uh, this summer, various of our young people are helping out in holiday clubs. I know uh, our Jonas was helping out at Bradley Stoke last week, and uh, I think, Sam, are you helping out the holiday club at Redland this next week? Not me. You just walked past at the right time. Um, but Johnny is, and uh, various others as well. Well, I helped out at a holiday club in Chorley Wood. It was a massive holiday club, 1,000 kids, 100 leaders. Uh, the churches had got together. They'd put a big marquee on Chorley Wood Common. And I remember, I think it was probably a prayer card um, related to the publicity. And it, for some reason, it had a picture of a pink elephant on it. Um, but it said, uh, above this pink elephant, it said, the, uh, what did it say? It said, the task before me is never as great as the power behind me. The task before me is never as great as the power behind me. I couldn't find the pink elephant publicity, so we got this one instead. Those words have stuck with me, though. God is able. Moses needs to learn that it's God's work and not his. And God reassures him with the ultimate description of himself. 
I am who I am. Bit odd. It better translates, I will be what I will be. The sense is that God will be who he needs to be for Moses and the Israelites. He'll be their provider. He'll be their deliverer. He'll be their saviour. It's a variation on the translation of the word Yahweh, usually Lord, the one who makes himself known. The task before Moses is never as great as the power behind him. That power, Yahweh, the great I am. A third reason to trust God, when God calls, he is the one who equips. Moses hasn't seen that yet, but he will do. If he trusts God's call to him, he can expect to see God providing for him and for his people. Because that's the nature of God. Moses' excuses are offensive to God. They show a complete lack of trust and confidence in him. And even though he felt totally inadequate, thoroughly ill-equipped, and is wheeling out every excuse going, Moses has reason to trust. And as we'll see, ultimately, he does. And God provides Aaron to come and lead alongside him, provides him with constant reassurance, and Moses achieves great things. Are we prepared to trust God when he prompts us to do something? I noticed last week um, when I arrived at church, I just went wandering down the corridor, and uh, there was this uh, poster. The Power of Yet had a superhero look about it, so I was drawn to it because of this present series. It's aimed at children of CCJ, the school here. The Power of Yet. And the three lines on there, I can't do this yet. I'm not good at this yet. I don't know the answer yet. There's a a sense of what is possible and the fact that the yet can become reality. In the present moment, we can feel ill-equipped for a task. But it's amazing how as we step out in trusting God, the yet becomes a bit closer. It's doubtful we'll ever be called to as big a task as Moses, but God does have a call for each of us. It's that general call, all those things in Scripture he calls us as a community and as individuals to be doing. And then there are those specific calls on our lives. It might start with being a witness to our neighbours. It might be about living a countercultural lifestyle, being generous with our money. Who knows where it might lead. But my experience is that, that as I trust God to the small things and am obedient in those, he takes me a bit further. Some of those things that are yet and seem out of reach come within reach. If the great need in Moses' day was someone to lead people out of slavery, maybe some of the great needs of today would include men and women like us standing for truth and justice in the political arena, whether that be locally or nationally. Men and women who will respond to a society which largely rejects God. Maybe God is calling us to be people of influence in different settings. Adults and young people who will shun consumerism, speak out and live out the teaching of Jesus wherever God has placed us. You and I can do these things with confidence. For those three reasons and many more, we've encountered God for ourselves. I trust that's the reality for us here. If not, do chat to someone afterwards. Because it's ultimately his work and not ours. And because as he calls us, so he will also equip us.
Though we might be tempted to lie low and make excuses and say, I'm not a celebrity, get me out of here. The more exciting way, the most fulfilling way, is to trust the call of the Creator and to step out in faith and obedience, inspired by Moses and all these other superheroes we're looking at through the summer. And we use that term superhero lightly because although the things he achieved for God might elevate him to superhero status, in reality he was just a frail human being. And we see that in this reading and some of the excuses he comes up with. It was only in God's strength that he could rise above his fears and his lack of confidence. And the same is true for each of us. So let's pray for a few moments, shall we? Let's uh, just be still. And ask ourselves, what is the call that God is placing on our lives just at this moment? It may be a, a change of situation. It may be that there's just a call to be strong when someone around you is struggling. It could be any number of different things. think about one of those challenges that lie ahead. Welcome God into that situation, the gods we've encountered for ourselves. In the immensity of the situation, however big it might feel, just remember it's ultimately about God's work and not ours. The verse in Scripture that says, I can do all things through God who gives me strength. Another one that says, I struggle with all His energy. And then, as we've been reminded in the story of Moses, as God calls, so he will also equip. Let's claim that truth for your situation. Lord, we thank you that you can be trusted. Thank you that you do call us. Sometimes you call us out of our comfort zones. But you do so with the assurance that you will be with us every step of the way. We praise you for that, Lord God. And for all the different circumstances that people are thinking of at this time, I just pray, Lord, that they might know you as the faithful one, the one who will sustain, the one who will equip. May you prove yourself faithful just as you did to Moses all those years ago. And we ask these things in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen.